invite our speaker for this morning. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you are a real God and you really talk and you really have something to say that's good for us, Lord. Thank you that you are not only able to talk to us, but you want to talk to us and that you have something dear and personal for each and every one of us. People are sitting here, Lord. Some of them don't believe in you. Some of them don't believe in you. They don't, they, they don't have a connect with you. Some of them love you and are deeply connected to you. And there's everything in between. Some distracted, some disillusioned, some despairing, some having other gods and, and idols in their lives that they're battling for because their heart is torn between them. But we come to you, Lord, not because we're perfect. We come to you because you're perfect and we need you and we need to know what perfection looks like. And we need at least one person in our life who's not affected and infected by our imperfection. We need one person in our life, one relationship, where we can just take, and that's you. And I thank you that you offer yourself to us, unconditional, complete, satisfactory. Lord, wherever we're at in that spectrum of faith today, release an anointing and a, and a revelation to each and every one of us so the word today makes sense. And let us leave here with a commitment, with a change of heart, with the decision. This is my prayer to you. And I ask you this because I can't do it. All my words, all my jokes, all my, all my drama is not going to get the word deep into the heart where it belongs. You have to do that, Lord. So remove your servant skillfully outside of the, out of the equation so that your people find themselves face to face with you. Whatever they're seeking from you, grace, mercy, endurance, strength, promise, Forgiveness, whatever is it, Lord grant it to them, I pray. Thank you so much for, for Lanu and for Brother Lanu and for his team. What a blessing, Lord, to have godly men lead us into your presence. What a joy. Thank you so much for them. Bless them, O oh God. Let, let your anointing rest on their ministry. Open great doors for their own ministry, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, let's, let's begin. If you don't have your Bibles, then make sure you've got your phones. Uh, we're all over the place. I've got the scriptures here. I've got it in your notes. But go home and kind of just get down to it. Today, we are commencing a new series. Yay! Called Every Word. Every Word. And I'll tell you why that in just a bit. And this is about the Holy Scriptures. It's about the Holy Bible. That God has so graciously placed in our hands... In English, in our language, for our sake. The Bible is for me. It's not about me, but it is for me. It answers big questions. From Genesis to Revelation, it answers big questions that everyone asks. God, are you out there? Who are you? What are you thinking, God? Who am I? Why do I exist? Why do people die? Where am I going after I die? What is the meaning of life? Why are people mean to each other? 
How can I feel forgiven? Why is life so unfair? Why are the different colors of people? Why do I feel alone? How can I know my future? Why is there so much hate in the world? How can I heal from my own pain? How can you, God, be okay with disease and with pain? Why do babies die? Is having faith worth it in the end? (coughs) How can I be strong and happy deep on the inside? When is this sermon going to end? God answers every question. God answers every question. And even more. And he wants, he wants you to live off him. Live off his heart and mind. He wants to be the food of your life. He wants you to live off him. He wants to be the fuel of your life. God, God himself. He has chosen to reveal himself to us. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him deeply, intimately. There is no other faith where the God of that faith so desperately wants you to know Him. Every other God keeps you far from Him. This God wants you close to Him. With all your warts, with all your brokenness, with all your sinfulness, the stink of our rebellion, He wants us close to Him. In Scripture, there are two pictures of the Bible. One is the sword or the spirit and the other one is the bread that we eat. Do you remember these two? Two pictures. Very interesting pictures. One is the sword of the spirit and one is the bread of life or the bread that we eat. And the Bible is a unique book because you eat it. You eat the Bible. You eat it. It nourishes us in our spiritual life. And the Bible alone satisfies. The Bible alone satisfies you with spiritual food. See, the Bible not only just feeds your mind. Every other book you read feeds your mind. Okay? But this one goes through your mind. Mind you, it doesn't bypass your mind. Uh huh. It goes through your mind to your spirit and feeds your spirit. No other book feeds your spirit. Every other book feeds the mind. It feeds intelligence. It feeds your feelings. It feeds your, uh, your will. But the Bible feeds your spirit. The Lord Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Let me explain something to you. Man is made physical and spiritual. In the day that Jesus, God, uh, God created Adam, he breathed life into Adam. Ruah. His spirit was breathed into him. So from the point he breathed into him, it is his life in Adam. Before he was flesh and blood, and he created him out of the dust of the earth, and to dust he shall return. But into that dust, for a period of 70, 80, 90, 100 years, God breathed the breath of life into him. So that that spirit within him is fed by this spirit of God, Paramatma. God's spirit feeds our spirit and we live by the words of that spirit. But the body lives by burgers and pizza and other such things. Are you with me? The spirit lives by 
the words that come from the mouth of God and the body lives by. So the question is, I sit at my table, I prepare my meal, I decorate my meal, I put dhania on it as much as possible to make it feel like it's healthy. Yeah, I sit fork and spoon, I put another fork and spoon just in case, you never know. <laughs> right? I don't know how long I'm going to be there. And I set myself up to feed my body. I must also have a table where I feed my spirit. Just like I sit down to eat my food or TV. I sit down to feed my spirit. I must. I must. And when you don't eat, and when you don't eat well, you become weak. And you become vulnerable. Vulnerable to disease. Vulnerable to sickness. Same way. Same way. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of our Lord. So our spirits are nourished by the presence and the will of God. Even Jeremiah in the Old Testament, he got it. He says, your words were found, your words were found, and I ate them, and your word became to me, read it, the gladness and the joy of my heart. Your word fed my heart. That's where it comes. That's where happiness comes from. That's where joy and confidence comes from. The Old Testament, Jeremiah said that. Jesus himself said, my food is to to do the will of him who sent me. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. He also said, the words which I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So in order to receive the the scriptures as nourishment, we must go beyond the letter of the Bible into the spirit of the Bible. What is the word of God? What are the scriptures? They are words from God's spirit to my spirit. And if I don't eat his words, if I don't consume, believe his words on a pretty regular basis, my spirit is going to become weak and vulnerable. Burgers jitne khana khalo. All the evidence of it will show. But the evidence of a spirit that is not fed well will also show. That big fat body is going to take over. And the spirit is going to be a small weakling. And it's not going to be able to fight the requirements, the desires, the demands of the flesh. And you wonder, man, this Christian life, you know, it's impractical. You can't do it. It's too tough here. It's just too much demand. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like it. Well, you do what you want. You want. You're dead. You're physical. You're carnal. Your spirit is hungry. Starving. And that is where the Bible comes in. My brother, my sister, my friends, do you have a love relationship with the scriptures? The Bible is synonymous with God's presence. The Bible is synonymous with God's word. God's love for you, God's relationship. It's synonymous with a relationship with God. A relationship with my Bible is a relationship with God. It is the written form of the living word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among him. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. Eat the word, you get to know Jesus. Jesus unleashes in you. He's released in you as you read the word. Do you love your Bible? Do you eat? Do you sit down to eat and feed your spirit? Jesus was so satisfied with the things of the Spirit that he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. He says, I'd rather be in the word and listen to God's voice than eat. And even a feast outside. David said, even a feast is not uh, enticing to me. I'd rather be in the house of my God. How do these guys say stuff like that? Are they just making it up? 
Where do they get that? Some of these weirdo, you know, weirdo people around there, all spiritual and everything. Where do they get that? How do they become so hungry for something you cannot see, cannot feel? Do you have a relationship with your Bible? Say, no, pastor, I have a relationship with my phone. Okay, your phone has got more Bibles than the Bible. Your phone has got lots and lots of Bibles. You can have, I don't know, 10 versions of the scriptures that you could be looking at. Do you have a relationship where you sit down and you read? If you don't have time for the scriptures, you don't have time for the Spirit. And that is an important, solemn thought. Solemn thought. We need to have, really really consider, am I committed to the scriptures? The way to touch the Spirit of God's word is to use the Spirit to receive or to eat by word of prayer. Okay, so I want to look at all of this thing over the next few weeks. I want to look at the Word of God and its power to change your life. I look at the Word of God and its ability to feed the Spirit. The Word of God and its ability to tell you what's a lie and what's truth. To know the difference between lies and truth. We're going to look at the Word of God over the next six weeks and talk about how, to, how it leads my conversations, how it leads my day. We call it God appointments. How does it lead my day? What should I say during the day that's going to make me a spiritual impact? How am I fed? How it sustains me through dry periods? Have you been through a season in your life where you just don't feel like reading? You don't feel like reading the word. It's just dry. You just don't feel like talking to God, hearing from God, singing to God, nothing. There's just a dry period. You know, that's okay, first of all. It's fine. It's natural. Because there are seasons where the flesh has taken over. But even then, it is the Bible that drives you through, walks you through, and brings you out of that desert experience. You may go from farmlands and beautiful green pastures into a desert, but you'll come out of the desert and make it back to the green lands. Or God is able to turn Baca into a, which is desert, into a spring. God is able to do that with His Word. Why? Because when you read your science books, your science books give, ins- give you instruction. It gives you information. When you read, uh, when you read uh, poet books, po- poetry and stuff like that, it gives you inspiration. But when you give, read God's word, it gives you illumination. It gives you what God is thinking. It gives you his very will. And he speaks straight into your soul. So we're going to look at all those things. How to replace doubt. Do you have doubts? Sometimes do you have doubts? Simple, either yes or no. Yes. You're the same as everybody else. We all have doubts. How to replace doubt with unshakable certainty. To be able to walk around with the smug arrogance that you know for a fact that the fact is a fact and you're sure about the fact. I also want to talk about, and I don't know, I'm very scared about this whole thing, but I want to approach it. How you could use the Bible as a sword against demonic oppression and disturbance in your life. And if you think there is no demonic disturbance or oppression in your life, you need to wake up. There is stuff happening all around you. There is stuff happening all around you. And if you go to smaller towns and villages and stuff like that, it's a lot more open. But in the cities, it's a lot more hidden. It's, sort of, it's very different, but it's active. And when you become spiritual, because you've been eating spiritual food, you become more discerning and aware of how much and what is of the devil 
It's not of the devil. It's of God, not of God. We're going to talk about that. But when there are voices in your head, we laugh at people who have voices in their head. But almost everybody has a little bit of mental illness. Almost everybody. Sometimes your own voice in your head you don't recognize. It sounds like a stranger. You know? Like when your voice says, wake up, you need to get up and go to school. See, that's a terrible voice. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't recognize you. I don't know who you are. Who are you talking to? I don't know. Right? But people struggle with voices in their head. And it's so painful and so hurtful. It's so real and so vivid that it, it's like they follow the instructions of the voice in their head. And they, are, they, are, they don't want to be alone sometimes because when they're alone, when it's dark, there are people who are pay, living in pain. Can they tell you that? No, you'll say, Pagal you laugh at them we, we will, we, because that's our culture. Our culture laughs at mental illness. Physical illness, we won't laugh at. Emotional illness, we feel sort of thought about the thing. But mental illness, we're like, oh. But it's real. So why don't we get towards the end? I hope that we will be able to. How do I use the scripture to combat the devil? How do I use the scripture to combat the voices in my head? How do I use the scripture to heal from mental illness? And to struggle. So we're going to see God go to powerful work in our lives, not only f- with the Bible, but because of the Bible, like as we talk about the Bible. And then you're going to home group and studying Romans, and then you're reading the word during the week, and then you're coming on Sunday. It's going to be word, 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 word. It's going to be strong. Then the worship is going to show the difference. You'll see the, di- mark my words, you'll see the difference in six weeks in the worship because of the amount of word in you. Right? So let's just jump in a few more minutes. I won't take too long. But the New Testament, early church leaders also, the big, bon- big honchos, you know, the big guys, Peter, Paul, all those fellows. Even they had an opinion and thought about, let me, let's look at a couple of those. I've written it, I've given it to you, not even fill in the blanks, it's right there. Okay, number one, Peter followed Christ because he had the words of life. Because everybody else was just leaving. Everybody else was like, this is too tough for us. Jesus was saying to the disciples, everybody else has left me. They're saying this teaching is too hard. I can't handle all of this. People were leaving. People were going. His claims were too hard. He's saying he and the Father are one. Come on! But he turns to the disciples and says, you also want to go. You also go. You also want to go. And Peter turns to him. And Peter's our star guy. You know, He's like the voice for the, for the troop. He's always, I'll be there for you. <laughs> Even if everybody leaves, I'll be there. I'll chop off the year if I have to. I'll be there. That's, that's our Peter, right? Patras. <laughs> so so he's, he's over there. He says, where will we go from here? From you. For you? Say it. For you? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy one of God. You are the Holy One of God. To that Jesus in another context said, flesh and blood couldn't have told you that. It was revealed to you that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. So, the Word of God, you, once, once you start eating, once you get a taste of it, once it starts feeding you and your spirit starts flexing its muscles a little bit and your body gets a little scared and like, yes boss, you're the boss. And you begin to get that relationship going in the right side up then you begin to get powerful and confident and you want more of the word, more of the word because you realize that this rocket fuel is, is what you need. Peter realized that. He said, where are we going to go? Look at that. Paul. Paul considered the saving power of God packed in the word. He said there is, ev- there is power packed in every word. Read that for me. Let's go. 
For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom. I didn't use big, big language. I didn't use, you know, eloquent speech, and not with the words of eloquent, for, uh, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. The cross of Christ is such a powerful gospel, such a powerful message, you don't have to dramify it. You don't have to decorate it. And he says, for the word of the cross is stupid, ridiculous, folly to those who are perishing. That means they're, they're not spiritual, they're physical. They're headed for disaster. They're headed for eternal uh, eternity without Christ. They don't know the difference. They don't know what is spiritual. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Only believers know the power of the word. Only believers have a hunger for the word. Only believers thirst for the word of God. Only believers can open the word of God and boom, love it. Why are they believers? It's not a deep question. Why are they believers? Because they believe. I told you, this is not a smart church. Go somewhere else if you want. This is simple. Why are they believers? Because they believe. Why is it powerful to them? Because they believe. When you believe a powerful word, that power becomes available to the believer. That power is not available to the unbeliever. So an unbeliever can read the Bible and be like, boring. What is this? What is this? Jonah ate an ark. (laughs) What is that? That's unbelievable. It really is. Are you with me? Are you? The Bible is for believers. The word of God is for believers. The father is for children. The father is for his children. God's not going to share the, the dear things of his heart. Open his mind and heart up to any Tom, Dick and Harry. He's not going to open it up to just anybody. Especially those who are not his. Those who don't love him. Those who don't seek him. For those who want to know God must come and believe that he is. That he's a rewarder of those who seek him. So Paul understood that there is power in the word of God. Acts chapter 2, Paul preached, people believed. John chapter 8, Jesus preached, people believed. There's something in the word that makes you believe. So here, look at me. The Bible, the word of God, makes you believe. We got that? Right? Now. Now that you have believed, the Bible keeps you believing. It keeps your faith. The Bible births your faith and it sustains your faith. Many of you were birthed in your faith, but you didn't sustain your faith because you read John 3.16 and you were happy with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I'm going to heaven, bye-bye. And you didn't stay in the word. You didn't stay in the word. But if you abide in the word, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You get that? You get that? Why am I preaching to you? Why am I preaching to a church that you should read the Bible? Because a a faith that has been birthed by the Bible, by the word of God, is also sustained by the word of God. Paul explains spiritual food is for spiritual people. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 14, he says, Now you are, we have received not the spirit of the world, not, circle not, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us to us, God. So God has sent an interpreter, God has sent a tutor, God has sent the author with the Bible. So you don't just have the Bible, you have the author sitting with you. I was explaining to the men uh, at the theolo- theology class on uh, Waterline yesterday morning. 
The Holy Spirit moved men to write scriptures. The men who wrote the scriptures made copies and sent it to you. Finally, it got to you in English, ESV. Now, the Spirit of God that moved men to write the scriptures are the scriptures you are now reading. And as you read the scriptures, the Spirit of God that gave men what to write is now helping me to see what to read. So those men are different, these men are different, I am different, but God the Holy Spirit has been there all along to ensure that what God intended for you to hear is what you hear. Because God is serious about you hearing the message right. It's not about worship. It's about word. It doesn't say in the beginning there was worship. It says in the beginning there was the word. The word of God, him to us rather than us to him, is what this whole thing is about. And if you're not hearing the word of God more than anything else, you're giving anything else a chance to influence you more than the word of God. Paul explains how spiritual food is for spiritual people. And we impart these words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So we're giving food of the Spirit to people of the Spirit. I was joking with Aaron early in the morning, this is the second, this is the second service today, that you could take a cheesecake from Mr. Brown and Basant Vihar, Basant Log Market. Anyway, you take a cheesecake and you go and go to a dead person in their grave and you can stand there till it turns green. And that guy is not going to get up and take your cake. Just think about it. The spiritual food is for spiritual people. If you find the Bible boring or non-comprehensible, you are not yet spiritually alive. You need to go to the cross you need to acknowledge what Jesus has done. You need to bow your knee, your mind, your heart to Christ. He will then, in his mercy to you, save you from your sin and grab you before you hit the fires of hell. And he will give you the spirit of God in you who wrote the scriptures and helps you to read the scriptures. Does that make sense? So I'm not condemning those who cannot understand the scriptures. But I'm questioning those who claim to know God, have the Holy Spirit, but yet find the Bible unappealing. There's something wrong with you, not the Bible. With me, not the Bible. So we have to go back to the scriptures and from the scriptures find life and sustain life. So God's word brings to life, then sustains life. It births faith and sustains faith. So let's talk about change. How does the Bible help you to change? Have, are you hurt? Have you struggled in your life? Have you been abused? Have you been abused verbally? Perhaps you've been abused physically? Have you been through failure? Have you been through pain? Have you been through loss in your life? Have you had regrets, serious regrets? Have you made decisions that you felt horrible about or that you felt guilty about? Have you been in relationships that you wish you hadn't gotten into? Is there anything in your past or your present that you wish God would change? That which God will give you the strength to change. The word of God does that. How does he do that? When you open the scriptures, this is what it does. Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God. Let's read this together, shall we? For the word of God is live and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Let's break this down. The word of God. Everybody with me. The word of God. The word of God is first of all, 
living. There is no other word, no other book that is alive. The word of God is living. And anything that is living gives life. Amen? Anything that is living gives life. So when I give you my words, when I give you God's word, I give you life. It gives you courage, it gives you wisdom, it gives you understanding. So when I come to the scriptures, and this is what I'm trying to get to you, how you come, when I come to the scriptures, how you approach the scripture makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. I open my simple little Bible, my leather-bound Bible. Well, when I open that power book, when I open that power book, it is a live book. The words are alive. You're like, Pastor, but you know, when I'm reading through, you know, Ezekiel and all that, I don't feel like it's very powerful. Fine, keep reading. You'll get to Matthew anyway. <laughs> Sometime or the other, you'll get it. Hang in there. Hang in there. And if you're like me, I suck at reading. If you're like me, audio Bible. Audio Bible. And I use U version. I've got some of you addicted to U version. We have it's like little Christian Facebook. We have friends, little hearts that we they go on. I like your highlight and you like my highlight. There's a little thing going on through the week. Yeah. And then I write notes and you like my notes and you make notes on my notes. Very cool. It's called U version. It's a beautiful, incredible app. That was designed by Life Church, Craig Groeschel and his team. And more than 10 million downloads. A wonderful app to help us do this. What was I talking about? When you open the Word of God, when you open that Bible, and you, and you read that Bible together, it has a life within itself to give to me. When I don't come to the Scriptures with an expectation of a live Word, I will not get a live Word. The pages, the words will remain on the pages. Number one, it is living. Number two, it is active. That means it's dynamic. That means it's working. That means it's going to do something in you. The word of God is going to do something in you. What the word of God can do with a believing heart, I repeat. What the word of God can do with a believing heart. My gosh. Every time the world has ever changed, it's because God got through to somebody. It is active. Number three, it is sharper. Sharper than what? Sharper than a two-edged sword. So you get a two-edged sword that cuts both ways and it's even sharper than that. Now what on earth do you need a two-edged sword for? What on earth do you need a thing sharper than a two-edged sword for? Well, you put it in the hands of a surgeon and you get what you want. He's able to cut right through, right enough, not cut off too much, you know, and go right through to the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The bone and the marrow. I mean, that is serious surgery. The bone and the marrow, the thoughts and intentions. So I say, God, I want to do this. And this is why I want to do this. And the Bible says to me, yes, I know you want to do this, but this is not why you really want to do this. Your intentions are different. You said that, and you think you say that because you said, you think you said that because you thought that, but actually you intended this. And it gets right to the chase. It gets right to the heart of the matter. The word of God goes through and through inside you to tell you the truth about what you think and believe about yourself, about others around you, and about God. The word of God does that. It is sharper. It is precision. It is precision. Soul and spirit, joints and manner. It is discerning thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's go over that again, alright? How does the Bible change you? Number one, it is living. Number two, it is Active. Number three, it is 
sharper than any two-edged sword. Number three, it is precision. precision or precise. And lastly, it is discerning. The Bible inside you, it does something. You don't have to understand. Listen, listen, this is not science. Yeah? You study the whole thing and then you have a test. Chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, you have a test. Syllabus, you have a test. This is not that. This is fuel. And when you put the fuel in, you forget about it. And as you're driving, you experience the benefit of having a full tank. You get that? You get the benefit. While you're driving, sitting in the petrol station, you're not experiencing the benefit. Right then, you're just filling, fueling. But when you are driving, when you're driving for long periods of time, when there's no petrol pump for long, long periods of time, that's when you appreciate the benefit of a full tank. What are we saying here? We're saying that the Bible is the best antivirus. It's the best antibiotic. It is the best anti-allergen. Look at the scriptures. Psalm 119 verse 11. Psalm, oh, fantastic chapter. It's a complete book on the Bible. Psalm 119. I have stored up in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay, three things. Number one, I have stored up. I have stored up. You don't just eat a little bit for the day. This is not a snack. You eat for life. You eat to live. So you consume the word of God. You devour the word of God because you know you don't, you don't know how long you're going to have to go without it. And if you want to fuel your spirit and make a spirit stronger than your body so your body doesn't you know, rape your will and drag you from pillar to post through the day, making you feel used and abused by the end of the day. You want your spirit in charge, then feed your spirit. Feed your spirit. Make it strong. Exercise your spirit. Get it out there. Send it for a walk. Make it work. And God's word will do that. So when I put the word of God in me, I am giving my spirit a lot of fuel to work with. Stored Stored, stored up, where? In my heart, not just in my mind. Oh, yeah, I know John 3.16, I know 1 John 5.11, I know, I know. Yeah, I know you know. But has it come down here? Has it taken over the will? Do you, has it been believed? Has it been chewed? Has it been swallowed? Has it been lived on? Yep, in my heart. Number three, that I might not sin against you. You've already decided that in your heart a decision of anti-sinning is going to happen. A decision of anti-sinning is going to have, has happened in your heart. You don't get to the point. You don't get to that, that place. You're there. You're in that situation and you're like, oh I didn't feel strong enough. I didn't feel, you know, I don't get to that. I decide in my heart I'm not going to sin. So that's what helps me do that. Are you going to want to not sin? Oh, listen to me. I've got two more minutes. Listen to me. Are you, going to not, are you going to want to not sin? No, you want to. I want to. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> you want to and I want to. And the desire to not want to sin is going to be based on how much word is in my heart. Because it's the word of God that gives me a desire to not sin. To not have a taste for it. Not desire for it. God will re-script as the sword goes, as the scalpel surgeon goes to work, God will re-script your life. He will change the painful memories into strong lessons. He will 
change the past into the future. He'll change what has happened into what can happen. Guilt and condemnation, he will remove. Fears, he'll remove. Misguided purposes in life, he'll redirect. You and I have to trust in the power of God's word and know its potency. All right? Read this one last verse again. John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the Spirit. It is the Spirit. It is the Spirit. One last time. It is the Spirit. Nowhere else, brothers. It is the Spirit who gives life. So how do you get the Spirit? The Word. The Word. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are Spirit and they are life. So my dear brother and sister, do you have a relationship with your Bible? Do you have a plan? See, don't start tomorrow. Start today. Don't look for it. Just, just download the app today. It's called the Bible app or version. There are 10,000 plans to choose from. Choose a plan. Or respond to my invitation to read the same plan with me. And every day, the reminder will come up. Read, highlight, make notes. You know how much time it takes of yours? How much time? 10 minutes? 10, 12 minutes? That's it. And if you're like me, and you can't read and can't concentrate, it has audio. And you play the audio, and because it's me, they somehow knew, somebody told them about me. Okay? Because it's me, and they know my, you know, attention levels, they've got a bar on the side of the verse that it is reading. And that bar moves. So at least, even if I move my constant with three say, how did they know I was that dumb? Anyway, the bar moves. So the audio is coming in, the bar is moving, and even if I scroll up to say, you've done that. You've done you, you scroll up to say, how long more? How long? It goes, brings you right back to the very verse. Boom! I put on my headphones in the morning and at night, I've got two plans, and in the morning I'm doing a read through the Bible plan in a year, and in the evening I'm doing read through the New Testament in a month. 36 days I have read every day thanks to audio Bible. I'm serious about this. You think I'm joking? Well, I'm joking a little bit, but I'm serious about this. Worship will be different. Your marriage will be different. Your confidence will be different. Your prayers will be different. Everything will go to the next level if you can take your Bible seriously. Bow your head and say something to God. Tell God what you're going to do about this message. What are you going to do about my challenge to you about you and your Bible? Try and remember where your Bible is. Try and remember where you last read. Try and remember the time when you had an intimate relationship with the Word and it fed you. Make, it, make up your mind to start today. The key is keep at it. Then you're going to skip it after two, three days. Oh, fine. Start again. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Lord, today I commit, I will devour your word like a hungry lion. I will fuel up, fill up, and feed up your word in me that I might not sin. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore. Amen.